Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ohio Mina Sun, what's up, weebs and casuals alike? We are Baca and Company, and we are here to provide you with a deep dive into all the random anime shows and movies that we find interesting. We'll talk about both new and old, good and bad, and everything in between. On this episode, we have myself, the curious Kodama, Drew Tendo64. We have the not so forest spirit, Frank Furter. Watch this, I'll show you how to kill a god. I know that's not the right line, but whatever. <laughs> I said it and... right before, I didn't say it right. <laughs> and the master of wolves, magically average. That's me, I'm a furry. <laughs> woof, woof, baby. And today we'll be talking about Princess Mononoke from Studio Ghibli. Uh, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, as you, most of them are. Um, and if you've never seen it, well, we're going to spoil a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, here we go. The loose-based plot is there is a hero. He's been poisoned by an evil demon god. And he's been exiled from his village. He's got to go find a cure or something else. And he stumbles across the Iron Village, who is at war with, essentially, life itself, the forest. And um, mystery ensues, and very unique friendships are formed, like two guys that almost died when their ox carts get thrown off the cliff. And I'm very surprised that those people lived. But I'll let everyone else do their base-level thoughts. Tyler, do you want to start? Imagine the average. I can you start. I can start if you'd like me to start. You I don't go for it, buddy boy, oh palo friend o mine. I think Princess Mononoke is the safest of the Studio Ghibli movies, which is why 
I think it's it's good. It's a good movie. It's a good watch. But I don't think it's like it doesn't expand out from like what it the potential of it could have been. What would the potential of it could have been for you then? Like what could so, it have done better? I think they spent too much time in Iron Town and I think they should have spent more time exploring the spirits, the different gods because we only really met the boar god the wolf god and the monkeys, which the monkeys are just fucking dickheads. So I like, yeah, screw them. Um, but it was really just those two tribes. And I mean, there was, there was other animals that they showed, but they weren't like, you didn't see any communications with the gods to try to develop plans. It was just basically boar God, wolf God, which is okay. Like it's fine. Um, and I thought personally, because it was mentioned multiple times throughout the film, we're going to talk more about Ashitaka, who is the arguably main character since he has more screen time than any other character in the movie. I thought they were going to talk more about his tribe that was supposedly wiped out 500 years ago because everyone's like, oh, you look interesting, mister. I heard about people like you in olden times with red elks and also they were really good swordsmen. And hey, you wouldn't happen to be that type of person, would you? And he's like, uh, no, I just traveled far away. Goodbye now. I've seen that bull once before. Yeah. Like, they kept doing these, like, really, really weird hints to, hey, I think I know who you are, but, you know, I'll just play dumb. And I was like, no, do it. Explore more. Like, that would be an interesting development, especially since the beginning segment takes place in his village. So you'd think, like, oh, maybe they're going to tie it back and they're going to go back to his village somehow because that's where the uh, boar god perished and like that's something's gonna stem from there and they they don't ever go back they literally the 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 elders of the tribe were like uh you're cursed you gotta go figure it out cut off your little man bun we can't look at you no more because you're fugly as sin get out (laughs) bye-bye and then that was it patrick i am ugly and i am proud (laughs) yeah but but they do go into death yeah yeah that too yeah, so again, this is it follows the very traditional hero story arc of like a hero is born, he faces adversity, the challenge is he they're met with, I shouldn't say he, but they are met with um causes them to rethink their decision and then obviously they enter in a heroine and then there's the redemption period and then the triumphant period and then the conclusion. So it has it all, but it's safe. I still think, like, overall, uh, Spirited Away, in my opinion, is probably the safest movie to suggest compared to this. This one is a bit more, I would say, graphic in regards to, like, some of the fight scenes. Well, no, hang on. Comparatively. Are we, are we defining safe in, in, in terms of, like, who can watch it, like, the audience, or in terms of the story? Because I mean safe in terms of the story. I wouldn't say safe in terms of the story for the fact that um, I think, you know, depending on your audience, it could be a little bit harder to follow for a younger audience compared to an older audience. I mean, same goes for Spirited Away. I think that the story in this, I actually enjoy this movie just a tad bit more than Spirited Away. For the fa- And I'm sure we'll get to Spirited Away one day, but... 
Um, I, I, I guess just to go into my ramblings about what I thought about this movie, um, I think that this is a better movie than Spirited Away just by a smidge. I still think that they're both 10 out of 10s. Don't look at me like a gremlin, you. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I the reason why I think it's better is that the pacing towards the end of Spirited Away compared to this, and I know I've talked to this before, Spirited Away really kind of rushes their ending, while be it like it ties it up in a nice tidy bow, but it ties it up really quickly compared to this, where it's like, okay, we have Act 1, we have Act 2 of Iron Town, and we have Act 3 of the final battle, and they take their time with Act 3 instead of rushing through um, like they did in Spirited Away. So in regards to the story, I think it's a bit better. Whether or not it's safer to recommend, it just depends on your audience. I think, you know, both introduce a slew of characters that if you're not paying attention for, like, five minutes you're going to be like, wait, who is this person? How did they get here? Like, it's just one of those things that I think that they do it a bit more eloquently in Princess Mononoke than they do in Spirited Away because they, they take characters, like they introduce characters, take them away, introduce, take away. And I feel like they do a little bit better of a job in this of just like, hey, here are your characters for the story. They're almost never going to leave the screen. So... I really enjoy this movie. I really love this movie. I haven't seen this movie in probably close to a decade, but it was still one of those things that watching it, I could still predict what was happening next, or I still remembered. I was like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. Then that leads to this. Then that leads to this. Then that leads to this. Like this was one of those things that it's like riding a bike. I picked it up right, you know, right where I left it. I knew, remembered exactly what was going to happen next as it was happening. The only thing that was really a surprise to me was the beginning. I really did not remember the beginning in his hometown all that much. It was more so everything afterwards that I remembered. I remembered like he got poisoned in the beginning, but he fucking handled it like a champ of just like the elders are like, oh, you're poisoned. Gotta go find a cure, but you can never come back here even if you do. So fucking cut off your man bun, take it like a champ and get the fuck out. And he just does. He doesn't cry, he doesn't whine, he doesn't bitch or moan, he just fucking yeets his man bun off and just leaves. I was just like, holy shit. That was the quickest 30-minute conversation y'all have ever had to kick somebody out, let alone a prince. So I, I thought that that was the most surprising thing of the movie because I hadn't seen it in so long. But, I mean, overall, it's a great movie. If, if you've never seen it, it is one that I would highly recommend. I think it... Story-wise, it does a better... It's a very good story. The messaging behind the story is great. And then the characters are maybe not as fun as Spirited Away, but the characters are all very unique and very fun in their own special way. And then uh, the pacing is probably the biggest thing for me, that the pacing is probably the most well-rounded out of all the Ghibli movies out there. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Drew? I wanted to kind of add to the character point you made like everyone i i found who defines themselves with a name is a memorable character like you have the the husband to the the ox cart driver and they like he he comes back later on he's like hey everybody i'm still alive hey ashitaka when they're getting raided at the fort um all of the all of the wives like they all have their individual personalities they're all kind of like 
you know, we're a working class here. And even if you go into like Eboshi and her bodyguard, like he's voiced by John DiMaggio, which is awesome. And she's voiced by Minnie Driver. So Lady Eboshi's got like this, this level of like professionalism about her, but she's also like secure in the fact that she is a badass and that like, she's, she's here for a certain reason. So like, when I was looking up the notes and saw that like Miyazaki wanted to give her like this whole tragic backstory, it almost isn't needed because like she's such a well-defined character at that point. When we meet her, like she's here to get iron. She's here to keep people alive and she's here to like kick ass and chew bubble gum and she's all out of gum. But I found even if we look at Ashitaka, like from the beginning, we know he's very heroic. He like helps his villagers He's, like, not doing it for his own personal gain. Like, he knows, like, his mission is to cure himself. And he helps people along the way. Like, that first scene where the samurai are just butchering people out in a field. And uh, one of my notes is when he shot the arrow and it rips the guy's arms off. I was about to say, which arrow? Because there were two distinct arrows. Yes. (laughs) The one that rips the guy's arms off. And you can see, like, it looks like a cartoon ham when they cut hams and got the bone in the middle so good so well done and just the the level that we get with those characters like he's he even makes a comment later on that he didn't want to do that maybe he did wrong in in killing those samurai and one of the other characters like says no like you you did good think of all the people you saved because of what you did like you had to take two lives but you saved hundreds or whatever they say but again that leads me back to the point of even when we do meet San, who they call Princess Mononoke once um, and never again. So this movie, in my mind, should have been called Prince Ashitaka or Warrior Man on an Elk. Um, either or. Uh, when we meet her, she's got defined characteristics. She's like a little rabid. She's afraid of humans. She really doesn't like people in general. And she's like fighting to take care of the forest and then it, it just kind of moves on. So I want to dive into the plot a little bit, which is it's man versus nature. And that's always going to be a, a classic story beat. A lot of people do it, whether we have Avatar doing it over and over again for the next seven movies or whatever they're doing. God, or we, a... Yeah. Or we look at like Tarzan, the Jungle Book, things like that, that are a little safer and childish but mononoke the way i i feel they presented it was like it was hard to side with every or like make a clear decision on whose side you were with yeah i getting into the plot i will say and i know i'm probably gonna be the minority on this one but spoilers abound. yeah spoilers abound um this this comment not so much but we'll get into further detail later but I personally don't find any characters redeemable in this, except for Prince Ashitaka. But even he, uh, at times, I find very frustrating. There's no character that I watch, like, as I'm watching the film, there's no character that I could really rally behind and agree with, because they were all, they all had major faults that were, like, impactful to the story enough so to where i'd be like 
wow, you went from being an asshole to being an even bigger asshole, or you went from being decent to just being a shithead now. And I just, there was plenty of times where it was, I found myself just being like, why, why is this the thought process? Why is this the decision-making? What are you doing? And I think that sort of skewed my vision as to like how everything progressed because at the end I was like, fuck it, just start from scratch spirit forest, just blobify the entire land and let's just start over. Try again. And cause I'm like, I, I don't like a Boshi, a princess Mononoke or San, whatever we're going to call her, um, was fine enough, but she kept you know, there was like this, I don't trust you. I hate you to, I kind of trust you to, I hate you again to, okay, fine. You save me, but I'm still going to kind of hate you to, I am in love with you. Stay with me forever. And I'm like, good God, the jumpiness. Eboshi was annoying. Like I just, the, the characters in Iron Town were all annoying in their own ways too. Um, they were all very well developed characters and they had very interesting like personalities and how everything at the end culminated to that big fight with the spirit forest. You could see those personalities coming out like Aboshi is truthfully just trying to do what she can to rule the world. Jigo, however, is just trying to get big bucks from the emperor by getting the forest spirits head. Um, you have Ashitaka who's like, everyone just be friends, please. Please just be friends. Stop. And then you have San that's like just fucking trying her hardest not to get eaten by the demon god of whatever, the boar that was getting killed. The piggy. So, yeah, the big pig. I'm a big pig. That's not fucking. You could be a pig pig too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not his voice. Uh but yeah, that that's my only big gripe about it is that I just I, none of the characters I, I really wanted to cheer for. Um, but that aside, I thought that the story and how everything progressed was well paced, albeit kind of slow at times. I get to get you get a little boring at times with the whole fucking Iron Town shit. I'm not gonna lie. It was just I don't care about the lepers making her new guns. I don't care. I'm sorry. That was I was gonna say that would be the only scene I would probably cut from. But Iron but there is a purpose behind it, right? The purpose is you try yeah, to humanize Eboshi to be like, even though she literally just told you she wants to rule the world and she wants to do it on the back of being a tyrannical dictator who just uses firepower to overpower everything. At least she's nice and has the lepers build stuff for her. So she's, well, you know, at least she's it also kind. Introduces, it also introduces the Chekhov's gun that is the gun that kills the spirit of the forest, you know, at the end of the movie. So Temporarily. It, it serves two purposes. No, no, I know. Yeah, it has... It, it has but the again, purpose I would of also cut that. It, it has the purpose of humanizing, which is something that they continue to do with that character as well, right? That, And that's another aspect to the plot. I'm going to keep rambling for a second that it, I understand it, but I think it goes to the whole issue I have with the characters where like, um, I think his name is Jigo, right? Jiga, Jigo, the hunter, right? At the beginning, yep. he is, he is made out to be like, Oh, uh, he kind of helped Ashitaka out of a, like a really sticky situation. Cause he's trying to use a piece of gold and that's not real money. Uh, okay. 
Um, but here, let me help you out, kid. I think it is. It's worth three bags of rice. And then like, oh, we're getting followed, kid. Follow me to this little cave. Here's this whole backstory. Here's the forest spirit. I'm a good guy. You can trust me. And then you find out, oh, no, he's a dickhead. He's got this whole hunter guild that is just full of, like, mercenaries. Then their whole purpose is to go kill the forest spirit and then take its head to the emperor so the head can, so the emperor can live on forever and ever. The end. So you're like, okay, finally see your true colors. But you still kind of want to like him because he's got a fun personality. He's a fun he's, – he's cool. Like, he's, he's witty. But there, just every single piece of it, you're just fighting against that fact that no, he's a to down to the depths of his heart an evil person. <laughs> but then you have a Boshi who you look at her, you're like, you are truly evil and bad, and no one should like you. But she's like, but I rescued all these women from the brothels, and now they work and they make a living. And you're like, okay, but they still work in really shitty conditions. And she's like, well, yeah, but you know. At least they have freedom. They have a choice for their own. They're not subjected to the the whims of men that just go and use their bodies for whatever. And you're like, and they can eat as much as they want. Yeah, and they can eat as much as they want. Exactly. And then you're like, fine, but you're still a dick because you want to rule the world and like kill people. And she's like, and then she's like, well, not everyone. Look, I rescued lepers. People cast them aside. They're they're the the blot on society. But I brought them in and and helped bandage them up and now they work for me and you're like fuck stop trying to make this character look good you're evil i know you are and then yeah of course she's the one that shoots the head off the spirit force at the end so it's just it's it's pieces of that throughout the movie that from a from a storytelling aspect i get it they all were purposeful moments built into both the characters and the progression of the story, but you can't help but feel like you're just getting tugged along. Like you're just like they're just like, come on, you know you want to like him. Look at him, he's cracking jokes. She's helping out ladies. What's not to like about him, huh? Ignore the fact that they bring a bunch of army people and shoot them with you know guns and stuff and kill a lot of innocent people and then destroy this forest spirit and kill a lot of the animals in the forest. Eh, that is something we can just gloss over. <laughs> but, yeah. I think the one thing that they really did gloss over, in my opinion, outside of um, the main character and his whole backstory, his village's backstory... Is that they kept mentioning that uh, Jigo, who keep who's working for the emperor, the emperor's trying to find like the fucking elixir of life, and they think that it's like they never really expand upon that. But um, the joke I wanted to say while you were ranting earlier was, as Tears for Fears once said, everybody wants to rule the world. And it's true. I don't this think, movie is basically everybody any, wants to rule the world. I don't think any lyric was sung on cue or tempo or at the correct tone i think the tempo was right but the tone and the, the, it was all no. over the place it was a little all over the place yeah well regardless but i mean fears. they but i think again the 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 elixir of life piece they they do talk about it they drop the hint of like oh they they think it's the fear sport the fear sport jesus that shows Boy. you where my brain is the spirit forest it's his head. The forest, forest spirit? spirit. Yeah, that one. Whatever. <laughs> forest spirit, fierce forest. You gotta get his head. And that's how you form. that's how you live forever and ever and ever. 
Like they they at least they said it enough. You don't have to like expound upon it a bajillion times like they do in Hell's Paradise. Like yeah, you got we yeah we fucking know we got to go get the elixir of life. We got it. Cool. Shut up. Like they say it enough. But there's yeah, I mean like his Ashitaka's village I think was the more interesting piece that they do because they literally show you it at the beginning. That's where the setting is. They kill the boar god that's been taken over by the demon. Which okay, can we talk about that for a second? Like how uh o- Otoko the elder boar that assembles all the other boars to do the one last battle against the humans, like he's being on the br- on the brink of death and he's about to turn demon, but he does it like halfway. Can we talk about that how he turns halfway and somehow is in control ish because he reacts to the forest spirit coming towards him but the fucking boar god we just get introduced to him and he's just a blob monster that just ruins everything in his path so i think that's more so like i in my opinion he did fully turn and then it was one of those things of like in any kind of just tv medium or piece of media it's like you meet an opponent that you know you were outclassed against and you can do nothing but tremble in fear. I don't know. Because at that point, he's a demon, like a, a demon facing a god. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, to me, I interpreted it as like he knew what was in front of him and knew that he couldn't stand a chance. And he just wanted sweet relief at that point. I don't know. That's Fine. how I interpreted it. You could it. put your little fairy dust sprinkles over it, I guess, yeah. and that's how it can end. Whatever. But yeah. but the, the whole point I was bringing up with that, though, is that the, like, it'd be cool if they were to tie in the village again and they just, they didn't do that, which I thought was a something like a really big plot piece. They could have integrated into the story on like, maybe Ashitaka has that internal battle of like, do I stay here and help save the forest with San, or do I go back to my village because I know it's under attack by something else? Like, let's say he gets a message from his sister somehow. Right. Let's say she travels out to try to search for him because another demon's attacking or something. Right. And it's like this. He has this struggle of like, fuck, do I continue with my mission to try to get cured on top of helping Princess Mononoke save the forest? Drew fell asleep. Save the forest. Oh, he's awake now. Um, Or do I go back to my village that is is going to be under attack soon and help them out. Like, oh, what do I do? Like, that would have been something interesting. Marty, we got to go back to the future. (laughs) We got to go back to the village, man, and okay. Yeah, we got to go. Yeah, no, he's just straight up banished. Like, even if he finds a cure, like, he can't go back. I know, but but that would be a part of the struggle, right? Like, because it was was very clear from the beginning scenes that the, the culture that is built into their tribe is deeply rooted over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, so much so that, like, he knew immediately what was going to happen. He's like, I got to go leave the village. I got to find a cure for this. I've been cursed, so I got to cut off my man bun. I got to say a prayer to the village, and I got to fuck off, and no one can watch me. They, It's like a, I'm banished. So that's part of the internal struggle. Like, I know I'm banished, but I can't turn my back on my family, my tribe. They're the last of us. We were supposed to have been wiped out 500 years ago. Something that multiple characters say throughout the movie. And they just don't, they like, they don't do something with it. Again, I'm being supremely nitpicky, 
but just something no. that I would have enjoyed watching and learning more about. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. No, I, I see what you mean. Just a, sorry, Frank, because like he's, no, there's no sense of urgency with Ashitaka. He, he exactly. more or less, he more or less sees, like he sees problem, he finds solution or like he's a point A to point B kind of guy. Uh, the only really like time he kind of acts uniquely I want to say is when uh, San first comes to the Iron Village and he has like a choice. Either he can fight her with them or he can like save her or he kind of just like bides his time and he just chills out, waits for them to fire their guns, goes Hulk on a piece of wood and like kind of defends her in a way and, and saves her. But it's it's like that moment where he makes that that different decision you're like okay well he is capable of deciding things for himself he's not just here for a cure now we see that he could be also like the luke skywalker of the situation right he's gonna help everyone do the best he can but instead he just gets shot and then <laughs> walks into the woods like it's I was about to say, when you say goes hulk on a piece of wood do you mean the gate that he fucking opens that 10 men are supposed to open so that, that he does that but he also pulls a log out of the roof of one of the houses oh that's right yeah, and just like whips it at people chucks it at him yeah 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 yep, yep. so the it, it's weird to see him have this moment of like hey there's other paths that i can take and then him just fall back into his hero arc so like i, I agree there's there's a lot of places that I see they could have gone more in depth with certain aspects. Like there's even a point where I think they're talking with the wolves and they're like, it's a trap. Okay. Well, do the boars know it's a trap? Yeah, they probably do. Okay. So why don't we stop them? No, we, they're, they're too headstrong. They're going to go for it anyway. So, at no point did anyone have a rational thought to be like, okay, well, why don't we intercept them and and maybe like draw their attention elsewhere? Nope, nope. Let the boars attack. Let them all like just get their angers out. 
to be fair, they are still just animals. So they explain that too. Yeah, it, bruh, as long as bah. their god is alive, as long as their god is alive, they are not senseless animals. So ah. that's what they were saying was like, there's there's a sect of boars that revered that boar god that we met at the beginning. When he died, they all kind of went ravenous and went rampaging. And then the white one that we get treated to, that's the voice of Goliath from Gargoyles. Um, oh. Yeah, that's exactly, right? That's a fucking cartoon I, I haven't thought of in forever. I love Gargoyles. Okay. What a good show. I have, I have the Gargoyle. NECA statue or NECA action figure of Goliath. It's so badass. Oh. Okay. Uh, anyways, but like... There's there's conversations where like there's there's reasons things can change, but I find like it's a very Studio Ghibli fashion where we we get presented with the cookie crumbs, and we're expected to follow that path. I know I know we're we're well wishers and we we want things to take different turns, but when you get into certain levels of film review or in my case on the spectrum, you notice patterns, and you notice very specific things being set up. And it hurts because the first time I watched Mononoke, I was amazed, blown away, everything. And and this time when I watch it, because I'm in the same situation as Frank, haven't seen it in 10 years, um, I fell in love with the animation, the style, and the backgrounds all over again. The story, for me, is a good, I want to say, 7 out of 10. It has its merits, but... Um, like, I, of course, as usual, I always want more, but I see, like, looking at like, if you want to do classic themes and you want to do, I don't know, like, karma, or you want to say that there's industrialization versus naturalism or advancing as a civilization versus respecting your your past. Like, this film touches a lot of those themes, but I don't think it's strongly acted enough on e any of them. I will keep, like, just throwing this nugget yeah. out there just to keep in mind this movie was made in the late 90s and this was their third movie i want to oh. say if i'm not mistaken so it's just one of those things that i think it kind of well it is overall i think a very good movie and you know some will put it on a pedestal as this is the height of animation or movie telling while others are a little bit more critical like we were um I think that this is still just one of those things where, okay, it was in the middle. It's not one yeah, of the first ones. Like, yeah, I was just looking up the list. One, two, that was three, like four, five. There were technically six if you count one, Castle of Cops, uh, uh, like the loop in the third movie, but it, five other movies before this. Grave so the to me, Castle in the Sky, Totoro. No, there's, there's a lot more. Yeah, yeah Nausicaa, Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki, and Porco. But that's for Rave Hayao Miyazaki. This isn't, oh, this isn't oh, for, for my, just... Okay, okay, okay. This okay. is just for... Because, like... Miyazaki, yeah, yeah. I think we need to separate Miyazaki from the rest of okay. um, Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever you want to call it, for the fact that his way of telling a story is so much different from the traditional style in which it is, hey, we're going to storyboard this until we actually have a story. We don't have a script going into this. We're just going to go with the flow and see where it takes us. So for him, this is like the middle of his list of like movies that he's made to where I think that he's starting to hit his stride a bit more with his storytelling and pacing and everything else. And I, I think that it pays off. I think that it's a bit stronger, but it isn't like perfection. I would give it a solid 9.5 because as simple as the story is, it's still very good. So 
I don't know. To me, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's it is an older, not old, but older movie. My, I think the thing that I've had to grapple with and just get my mind around is that this is the manner in which Studio Ghibli Ghibli films are told is it's very consistent and it's there's always the same fault to now I basically view it as like this is just their like fingerprint right this is just their style because with Princess Mononoke exactly like what you were saying Drew there's a lot of times where they give you the crumbs and you just have to kind of come up with your own summation as to what's going to happen with that and whether something will happen with it. Like the telling of Ashitaka's uh, village and his, his tribe of people and, and where that landed to your point, Frank about the emperor and the elixir of life piece. There's a little bit of crumbs, but there's not like a full, there's not any sort of wrapping up of that. Right. There's a lot of that throughout the whole thing with the animals being, basically just feral animals if their god is dead like discussed once or twice but not fully developed and i think when you watch a studio ghibli ghibli film you almost have to turn on tunnel vision but you have to be selective with it like you can't get distracted otherwise your brain just going to kind of veer off and you're going to get stuck on one piece and you're never going to come back and then the movie's over right yeah i think princess mononoke is out of the ones that we have watched as a group and reviewed, Princess Mononoke is the strongest in terms of being able to still tell a very well-written story without getting too bogged down with those cookie crumbs. Because you you eat the cookie, right? The cookie is the main story, okay? That is your, your, your Ashitaka going and finding the cure for the curse to meeting Princess Mononoke to fighting against slash with slash not actually fighting because he's a pacifist, but not really because he decapitated like three people with an arrow uh, internal battle that he faces to then confronting the ad- adversary party of Jigo and Boshi when they kill the sport fierce to saving the sport, sport fierce, spear forced sport, sport, three spurs, the sport fierce. Um, to then the, everyone's like, Hey, let's just start over and let's be more conscious of what we're doing to the earth. Yay. And then my favorite part of the whole fucking film is when the little Kodama comes back at the very end. I literally, I clapped so hard. I was like, do you, how do you, I almost cried when they were falling out of the sky for, <laughs> for any of you who haven't seen Princess Mononoke and don't know what I'm talking about. The Kodamas are these little jiggly head monstrosities that, are naked and have the the tightest of asses that they love to show. They <laughs> love to show their little Clorox, asses. Clorox with, from Legend of Zelda without the leaf in front of their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you take the leaf off and they're just horrific creatures. You're like, oh, you could put that back on now. Thank you. Um, yeah, and they shake their little heads and they make like a very disturbing noise. But I love them. I would die to protect all of them. I would. And at one point when the the forest spirit perishes for a brief time uh i did it i said it right um 
all of these little Kodamas like fall out of the trees, pale white. And I'm like, no, God, no, please, please don't. But yeah, when the one shows up at the very end, I'm like, oh my God. And that's where the credits roll. I'm like, yay. What's hilarious about that is my wife was sitting next to me while I was watching this. And I was just, she was like, is this movie almost over? I was like, just wait for it. Zoom in on branch. Korok guy comes out, ticks his head, roll the credits. It was and she's like, fair enough. But, okay, <laughs> but, but yeah, but I mean, like, so that is, that is the main storyline. There are the interesting pieces to the whole Ashitaka's, you know, lineage of the, his, his tribe. There's the whole piece of the emperor. Because there is one part that it, I find really funny when uh, Jigo is talking with Eboshi about his contract and being like, hey, you got to pay up now. Pony up. You owe me. Bring your bring your people. We got to go kill the forest spirit. And she's like, let me see that piece of paper and shows it to two of the women. She's like, look, look, he's got a letter. You know who wrote this letter? The emperor. And the ladies are like, who the fuck is that? That's a dumb name. And then he's like, okay. Just wraps up his little piece of paper. But like, that's that's funny. It it goes to it. It speaks to how the the period in which this movie is being depicted, like throughout Japan, it was not obvious who was in control, right? Like no one knew the emperor at times because, first off, uh, different clans throughout the regions would just kind of control the regions, even though there is supposed to be one main leader ruler across the entire country. Not really the case. Not really the case for many, many thousands of years in Japan and a lot of the other countries that existed during that time either. But that's just like a funny little piece that they could have explored a little bit more on. Of uh, uh, the samurai tribe, Let's, we didn't even talk about them. The those douchebags that <laughs> seem to be getting obliterated every single time they showed up. Um, well, they would be doing the obliteration, and then just one person, one singular <laughs> person, would come along and be like, "I'm gonna fuck your day up, yeah, I'm disarm you, yeah, and Literally. and dishead you." Um, yeah, like they don't they don't go into detail about like what they're doing. They literally are just say like, "Oh yes, they're samurai thugs. They're just trying to like flex their power by killing people." And they're like, "Okay, cool. Why?" I, I have a theory as to why. And I no, have no, a no, theory. No. Hey, 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 no, 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 no. Well, let me say something first. I have a theory first. as to why and all the other cookie crumbs that you guys but have But let me discussing. say something first. Okay. The fact that you have to say, I have a theory, means that they're missing something. Theories don't mean shit to me. I no, want them so, to tell me. So that's... My theory isn't necessarily the why they are there, my, or why... In the movie, why they tie together in the movie. My theory is that because of how they do the story in which they're storyboarding and whatnot, they need instances of excuses. And so they're like, okay, what excuse can we put in here and maybe reference back at another time? Oh, the king or the emperor is looking for the elixir of life. Cool. Ship it. And all your other cookie crumbs that you've discussed today. Like, I think that that would be kind of why and just like it's just they are like what can we put in here that would work and they do that yes i see you holding your hand teacher, i was holding my hand teacher too. i have a question i have a question teacher what is it why did they have to use samurai when they couldn't just use the animals from the forest 
because not everybody was at war with the forest. The only reason that they were like that Iron Town was at war with the forest is because they knew how to make iron. But, not but everybody knew how to make iron. What? But teacher, all the all the animals of the forest hate humans. Yes, but they weren't like inherently close by. Teacher, what? You're fucking you stupid. Suck my ball sack. This still doesn't explain who Drew's Samurai Asano. I know Drew keeps falling asleep, but he still doesn't explain who the Samurai Asano is. It doesn't say that like the Samurai is there on behalf of the Emperor. Because even Jago is like, oh God, here comes the Samurai again. Like, you also have to think it's that time period. Anybody could just invade a village. Right, but but they it's they just literally an they were they, they were just the annoying like gnats that you just couldn't get rid of. You're like, fuck, they're back. And you just like swatted them out and they're like, run away. And then they ran away. And, and then they like would show the up again. They're like the monkeys then. The monkeys the mon were just like there. They but were the just monkeys like, served a purpose. Oh, you my forest. The, the monkeys served I a, throw rocks at you. The monkeys served a purpose, albeit they're still douchebags. The monkeys they're served a purpose. Yeah, they're creepy as shit too. They did serve a purpose too because they talk about how at night the monkeys would try to go and replant the trees and Aboshi would just like <laughs> fucking the hillbilly drunk on their porch just blindly shoot off like boom like shoot a gun like reload at them and then they'd be like fuck uh, fine whatever go we'll go away Jesus and they got mad they're like we're not planting trees anymore they just keep destroying them why would we try to plant trees we should just kill all the humans and then San's like, no. And then they're like, well, we're not going to listen to you, human. And then the wolves are like, shut up. I'm going to eat you. And the monkeys are like, Ooh, I'm going to throw shit at you. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah. And then the wolves are like, get ready to get your face eaten off. And then they run off. And then the monkeys like run away. And San's like, stop it, guys. Come on. And really quickly just like discuss, not even discuss, but just appreciate the fucking scene where... Uh, what's his face fucking saves Princess Mononoke from Iron Village. Oh, yeah. He falls right. off the elk, and yeah. then the wolf just comes up immediately, and starts gnawing like on his face. Shakes immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crunch on skull, and just, shakes. Just, his body yeah. is just a ragdoll. Yeah. And then and they fine. do a zoom up. Yeah, they zoom up on his face, and he's got dirt, not even blood. It's, yep. Oh it my god, confusing. I was laughing so hard. It was It was funny from the standpoint, too, that that entire scene, so like, he he is riding with her on Yakul, who's the elk. And then not only does he fall, because he doesn't just fall, right? He faints from blood loss, falls, fucking, like, smashes his head on a rock, does, Fully like, a concussed. barrel roll, yep. and then lands. And the moment that his body stops moving from the fall, the wolf is on him, just starts shaking him. Like, it was instantaneous. It wasn't like they circled him and then did it. It was... He his body full stopped moving immediately shake the baby. Like it was it was so fast. It was brilliant. I loved it. It was fantastic. I I thought that that scene was like ironically just goofy really as shit. fucking funny. Yeah, goofy as shit is what you say. No, the goofiest scene which is what you were mimicking earlier with the Kodamas, my favorite career characters is when they all go up in the trees and you're like, what are these little guys doing in the trees? What are they doing? And it's because the forest spirit in its Nightwalker form is coming back to its little homey hole. And as he, as it walks, it creates this huge gust of wind and they're all like, Wah! 
And they all have big smiles on their face because I thought I was like, oh god, they're gonna get flung out of the trees and just go everywhere. And they're no, they they rode that shit like a roller coaster. They were like, I was gonna say they looked like a bunch of children in a goddamn wave pool. <laughs> it was great. I love those little fuckers. But yeah, I was looking I, up three uh, uh, D prints of them so I could three D print a couple <laughs> and put them on my desk. You gotta Golly. get, you gotta find a print though where you can still move their head. So you can like shake. Oh, I'm around. figuring it out. Like I, I got schematics that like I little, want to figure out. Little so. bobblehead. Oh boy. Anyways, I think just overall in general, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a great movie. Is it my favorite overall? No. I, I there's one that I grew up with that I think is not a lot better, but like I enjoy more. But I think that this movie overall is very approachable and is a very very good movie. Yeah, I would agree. Especially for I Studio agree. Ghibli, Ghibli. I would agree. I think, again, I I know you disagree with me on this point, but it is, in terms of storytelling, in terms of plot, in terms of just the overall theme of it, it is very simplistic and very safe, but it does it well enough with the visuals. It does it well enough with those, even though we, we complain about them, the little cookie crumbs, because they do they are very appealing, even though they don't expound on them more than just the crumbs themselves. This is one of the better... Studio Ghibli Ghibli films out there just for pure entertainment too. I, I do find I found myself really enjoying it from start to finish, um, even with those goofy scenes in the middle. I know we didn't talk about this and I just really want to touch upon this just very quickly. Oh, this was another soundtrack done by uh Joe Hisiashi. I, I can never pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. Um his just his soundtracks fucking amazing and this one is Black. just another one that was n no different it was fantastic it's very memorable yeah i think it well, it definitely played into the theme of nature and forest i th I do think princess mononoke is probably one of the more visually appealing from a nature aspect as well there's a lot of scenes at the beginning of him riding through different regions and it's just it's very immersive with how detailed the colors are and the scenery is so um the music played well into that too but drew go ahead now that you're awake no i was gonna agree because um his music like you can you hear it it's like a john williams level where you know when he's he has music in the films and it's almost attributed to what i call like the ghibli sound because when when a character is getting that courage or has that turning point he has a very good swell and it gets like it doesn't get louder, but it gets more meaningful is what I feel like. Um, but I also wanted to point out that this film does another Studio Ghibli thing that I always love seeing. And it's they over animate the hair. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my God. The <laughs> moment that you said they did another thing, I'm like, he's going to talk about the hair. Yeah, I, I love it. I always love it. That there's always a wind turbine right in their face when something interesting or like <laughs> it's like happens. it's like suddenly their hair is getting transported to the eighties and gaining volume. Yeah, because like he he learns about how bad the situation is and he's getting mad at like what Aboshi does, and his hair starts out like medium fluff, and as the conversation gains, he goes to like full puff. It's kind of like a cat getting mad, um, and that's kind of what i wanted to point out too is that like this this is a, as ghibli as you can get and it's it's a good solid like st i say it's a starting point and um i'm kind of open to what we want to do next because we do if we go in a timeline because we did porco 
and we did Pompoko. We did Princess. It's up to you guys if you want to go backwards or forwards and do technically Spirited Away is next. Technically. Mm. I suggested However, yes. I suggested in our chat, which I just realized we don't check while we're recording. Um, I want to go and visit The Cat Returns because it is a okay. movie that I remember I had started watching once and I think I fell asleep during, not because it was bad, but because it was late and I was very tired. Okay. But um, it's a movie that's kind of lesser known, isn't a Hayao Miyazaki movie, so I want to do one that isn't made by him so we can have something else to compare it to. I'd like that. Only if we can make the agreement currently to watch Castle in the Sky, because I have not seen Castle in the Sky, and I've missed, I missed it two years in a row for the Ghibli Fest, and I'm very upset about that. So, Yeah, no, we'll definitely get to that one, we'll because that is it, my yeah. favorite. Okay. So why don't we do cat, castle, cat, castle, spirited. Cat, away. castle, spirited. And then we can do Howl's moving castle. <gasps> I didn't. I have hot takes about Howl's. What? Oh, I'm going to take a hot shit on your chest then. Reason, thank you. I am going to find you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have I will give you him? death by him? a thousand paper we, cuts. We, we know where he lives currently, and I know where his new home is, so I can burn down both of them. Ye. Well, Take with this out, that, paper boy. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> sorry, I know, that, I know fire scares you, paper boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm paper boy a... threatened me with fire. What are you talking <laughs> That's about? That's true. Scared. That's true. Burn your house down. Burn them on. Take us away. <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining us today. If you have suggestions on what we should watch next, questions, comments, concerns, anything under the beautiful anime sun, send them to us on X at Bakako Podcast. Oh, God. I, I knew you were going to say that, too. God damn it. Or well, you could be cool and just send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Or you could be even cooler and just join the Discord where we have conversations like these every single goddamn day. And if you or do follow it, us on TikTok. <laughs> or yeah. TikTok too, or Instagram, yep. or the gram, yeah, or hopefully when I get a blue sky invite, a blue sky, <gasps> or the boob tube, or the bo- well, not YouTube, yeah, YouTube, because boob tube is a thing too. We're not on boob tube. We might be on boob tube. I don't know. I don't know where Frank. I hear, I hear are, our videos. The three of us, stiff over the three of us I can like pull together to make something. We could, yeah, we could collab for sure. But we are on yeah. consistently. Mm-hmm the youtube <laughs> if you find us you on can find your podcast <laughs> if you find us on boob tube please report it to us <laughs> would like to see i would not and with that have a great night everybody planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Back up! Back up! 